Polywanna Podcast is a collection of stories, opinions, and perspectives about polyamory and the polyamorous lifestyle. I'm Britt Vosicek. I'm the host of Polywanna Podcast. I'm not a professional counselor, nor am I a professional polyamorous person. The voices you hear, including the host, offer their subjective interpretations and don't intend to convince you or shame you. We're just letting you into our vulnerable and complicated little worlds. Brought to you by the Mockingbird Network. host of Polywana Podcast. Thank you to the Houston Polyamorous Organization for sponsoring us, the Mockingbird Network for hosting us, and Jay Walker Coaching for providing us services. I am so excited because guess who my guest is today? It's Johnny Walker. Hey, everybody. Good to be back. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. It has been a hot minute now, like like four, five months now. Yeah. Is that how long you've been? You've moved away? About that long, yeah. We did something like right before I left, right? Yeah, we did a show right before we left. But I think we we may have had some in the bank. So we've kind of been like publishing them out. How fun. Well, it's great to have you back. It's So we're far away from each other now because Johnny moved away and it made me so sad. Um, so now we don't get to make funny faces at each other while we're recording that you guys can't notice. No. That's kind of our deal. It's really sad. I, I, I imagine that your face is just as funny as it was when I left. So... <laughs> You know, it's in a it's constant fine. state of some kind of funny face to try to get you to laugh. No, it is. It, it is. It is always entertaining, even in my mind's eye. So excellent. Are you in a closet right now? I am actually, as it turns out. Totally. I didn't know that, guys. I was genuinely asking out of curiosity. No, I uh, I still have not. I have not exited the closet. I, no, as it turns out, in every apartment that I moved into, the clo- the quietest space is always in the walk-in closet. So that's where I am. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. No, I mean it's there's a lot of there's a lot of sweet smelling clothing in here. It reminds mm. me of me. It's nice. <laughs> I love being surrounded by myself. <laughs> how funny. So how is it? You guys are cohabitating now. It's fantastic. So yeah, so it's me and my partner and her other partner. Mm-hmm. And it has gone about as swimmingly as it possibly could have. Uh, mm. We, you know, we all we all got along anyway. So it's just kind of more of the same. There's less time spent apart, um, which which has its pros and cons. But but all in all, uh, no major conflicts having arisen from the three of us living together. So it's fantastic. That's amazing. How many bathrooms are there? Oh, there's two. We each have okay. our own. My metamor and I each have our own bathrooms. That's perfect. That's the key to our, success. Oh yeah. Oh, it's couldn't have it any other way, honestly. <laughs> That's really cute. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. How about you? What's what's new in the polysphere for for Brit? I went on a dating fast for like two weeks mm-hmm. and then I got back on OK Cupid. I got out of um a toxic relationship that I probably mentioned a few times on the show. Um And so I probably won't mention a whole lot about like the nature of the relationship and the breakup because some of the material is actually like it might be really triggering for our listeners because it was there was a lot of trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, But I got out of that and then I like took care of myself for a little bit. And then I'm like just now kind of reintroducing dating back. Um, And I'm back in my habit of totally falling for mono guy. Oh, of course. (laughs) So, you know, that happened like almost immediately. So I'm just being careful, testing out like my newfound ability to to speak out about boundaries, which is cool. Um, 
So it's been nice. I've been taking really good care of myself. I'm kind of solo poly now. I think like I used to be kind of solo poly, but now like I'm really like my relationship with myself is like fucking amazing. I take such good care of myself now. That's excellent. So I know we talked about solo poly last time. What does that what does that look like for you? Well, right now it looks like really putting my time and my attention towards me first and kind of prioritizing what I feel about a person, like how I feel in their company rather than like being in a relationship. You know what I mean? So like I really test out someone as a friend first and like how I feel in their presence first. And then I don't really give myself as much like shit if I don't feel like we click right off the bat. You know what I mean? So like I really just don't go around looking at people romantically ever. And then like when I'm ready to flip that switch, I do. But until then, like I'm just my own girlfriend right now. I I, I wish that I had that level of self-control. I have a really horrible track record of <laughs> getting too involved with people too quickly and mm. regretting it or or just just an insufficient amount of time to test for basic underlying compatibility and or craziness when the or that or or that uh but yeah as soon as the nre dissolves you find that there's nothing underneath that and it oh, has yeah you know I, I i admire you for that that's definitely something that i wish that i uh exhibited more in my dating behavior yeah i mean that's good to it's good to recognize that polyamory means not inherently, but usually it means like you like being in relationships. Otherwise you probably wouldn't be poly. And so I think that we kind of sometimes can get excited about new relationships, you know, like new opportunities. And so we kind of slap a coat of paint on stuff. And like you said, like that NRE kind of dies down and then you're like, Oh no, I was excited about the relationship, but maybe not as excited about the person, you know? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes the relationship is more important than who it's with. And if that's the case, you really ought to step back and check yourself before before something goes sideways, you know? Mm -hmm. Not to say that doesn't happen in monogamy because sometimes people, especially like serial monogamists, will be like, I don't care who it's with. I just want to be with someone, you know? Yeah, oh, of course. But in poly, we like meet someone and we're like, oh, yeah, I can have other partners. Let's just do this, you know? <laughs> so that's been really cool. And kind of just tuning in and checking in with like, if I would really want to spend time with that person because spending time with myself is so important now that like, it's really like, I have to really value someone's like personality and like whether or not they're comfortable with me um, and whether or not I'm comfortable with them. Because if I'm sacrificing time with myself, that's like a huge sacrifice. Whereas before I kind of mm. never wanted mm -hmm. to spend any time alone, you know, that's a tough one. There's a lot of people that have been doing this stuff for mm -hmm. years and they still struggle with that. Uh, finding that time for self care. Uh, treating yourself as your most important partner, you know? Yeah. We could totally do a whole like episode on self-care to be honest. I think so. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's definitely important. And I shower daily yeah, that, that too <laughs> do a face mask. <laughs> Today, our episode is actually about polysaturation, which is like the, uh, enemy of self-care mm. and it doesn't always win, but they're definitely sometimes arguing with each other definitely are interrelated uh <laughs> yeah so polysaturation would you define it for me polysaturation uh as far as i understand it it means 
having more partners than you have time uh, or mm. being overwhelmed with the number of partners that you have or just, I don't know, because I've, I've heard different people use it in, in different ways. So I've, I've heard people use it as saying, I all of my needs are met, so I'm not looking for anything else. And then I've also heard people use it to say, I have an overabundance of needs met. I have, I have, I have too much time to spend with partners and not enough time in, in a given week. Um, so I don't know. I've, I've heard it used in both of those ways. And I think, uh, I think both would be good to explore a little bit. Well, how about you? How do you use it? Yeah, I consider it because I think it's so funny how a lot of poly terms really align with science terms because we're mostly nerds. But, you know, when you think about saturation, that's like when it is full up and then there's oversaturation where the amount of the secondary thing that's been introduced overcomes the primary thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I call myself polysaturated when I have enough, like when I have all that I need and I'm not looking for anything else. And then I would call myself oversaturated when I have more like, you know, if I have like three partners and then like another partner comes in and I'm just like casually seeing them and seeing if I like them, now I'm like oversaturated. Or like if one of my three partners is demanding more time of me, now I'm oversaturated. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would say, and, and listening to what you just said, I would say for me, the only times that I have ever used it to describe myself is when I, I had... I had too much to do in a given week to feel like I was adequately attending to all of my partners and all of their needs. So I've only ever used it. Mm. I've only ever used that term to describe an excess, to describe a, a problem that I'm having where I feel like I don't have enough time for myself or I don't have enough time to give to all of my partners. Um, and I certainly don't have time to add anyone else new to the mix. Um, I, I think mm. that's the the context in which I have personally used it the most. But I think there's a spectrum there. Yeah. I mean, just like anything, we kind of get, I mean, when people get like their panties in a knot about vocabulary, it's like you literally get to use words however you want to. And if someone needs you to clarify, <laughs> they can ask, you know, like. Right. right. Well, yeah, I, um, I feel like we should, we do have a, if, if we don't already, then we should have a disclaimer on the show. And I think you I think you do in the intro where you say, you know, we're not professionals. You know, we yeah. we don't claim to be an absolute authority because nobody possibly could. There are as many different interpretations of poly as there are people that practice it. So, you know, mm -hmm. that's true because um, poly is kind of like a build your own adventure. Yeah. But I definitely I, that's an interesting thing you brought up about having too much to do in a week, because what that like brought up for me and kind of pointed out was it can be stuff besides your partners that makes you feel polysaturated, mm -hmm. you know, like just too much going on, you know, like you, I think that probably right now having three partners, even though I have no partners right now, three partners are probably keep me like content, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm overwhelmed with stuff. So like kind of just being alone is polysaturating. Like <laughs> casually dating right now is like overwhelming. So it's that thing where like if you're putting a lot of time and attention on your job or you're working on a project, that's the thing that prevents you from taking on more partners right now, not just the fact that you have too many partners, right? Right. I think I think that's you make a really good point in that somebody's so if we if we are defining a, a everyone has a cap, everyone has a limit with, you know, how many partners they can they can manage at a time. Um, but that limit might shift depending on what else is going on in your life. Um, 
So, for example, my partner was a, was recently a grad student. She just she just got her doctorate, but during her dissertation, she had literally like three hours a week to give to anybody, and she had two partners. So it was that was that was it. Like she was that was her version of polysaturated in that moment because that she was she was already overwhelmed with everything else going on in life. But I do think it's. Um, it's it's an interesting problem to have and it is unique to polyamory in that you know when you when you only have one person to dedicate time to you just give it to all of them the tricky thing with polyamory is making sure that all of your partners feel as though their needs are met or you communicate a lack thereof effectively to avoid any hurt feelings and that you're not playing favorites like you're not giving one person mm. 3 hours and another person 15 minutes um that's where I think it gets tricky. Mm -hmm. Or if that yeah. is the case to kind of say, like, if you're saying like, Hey, I love you, but like 15 minutes is all I got, you know, don't, don't feel jealous if I'm spending more time with, you know, ex partner. Not that you can tell anyone not to feel jealous, but when you're communicating like where your distribution of time is, you can kind of help avoid some of that overlap. No, I had a, I had a partner do that for me one time. Actually, I had a, a partner who had, um, she had, she had a kid she she now has two. She didn't get rid of the kid. She still has, she still has the kid. She just has another one. Uh, but she so she, she yeah yeah she had anymore. a kid. She had at the time one child, and she was also working three jobs and had one other partner. And I didn't know all of this. I didn't know that she had all of these other obligations. And so I sat down with her. And I was like, hey, I feel like you're giving your other partner more time than me. And, yeah. and she sat me down and she drew, she printed out her schedule for the week. And she like drew out, she like huh. showed me. She was like, look, this is what I have. I'm giving you one of my three hours per week. Uh, you better, if you're not satisfied with that, then I don't know what to tell you. And that was really helpful for me in that moment. Yeah, that is super sweet that she gave you a visual, which is always nice. Mm -hmm. Great way to educate. But also, that I mean, that is a symptom of being polysaturated is that sometimes your partners can feel neglected. Mm -hmm. So I honor you for pointing out that you did and her for, I mean, like, honestly, like, this may just be like where I am right now, but if someone was like, Hey, I feel like you're giving your other partners more attention. I'd be like, fuck off. Like, I don't have time for you. And I, I can't manage your jealousy. I gotta go. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been. I mean, I think that when I was dating, uh, I was dating a couple and one other person. That's when I felt the most polysaturated. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I like, I would still like, I don't know. I was still like on OK Cupid, you know, like I would just like I just feel like my standards get higher as I become closer to polysaturation. So like if I have a lot going on, it's just like you have to be like close to perfect for me to consider, you know, exploring you as an option in my <laughs> cue. But I don't think I've ever just said like, OK, I can't I can't talk to anybody anymore. Like I really, you know, have to I have to like cut this off. Like if someone hits on me in a coffee shop and I want to give them their number, like I'm going to get their number. Right. Sure. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I like to think that I'm never too busy to flirt, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and if I am ever, line. no, if I am ever too busy to flirt, then I'm going to be really unhappy with where I am in life. Um, I mm -hmm. guess like it's, that's, that's one of the biggest benefits I get out of Polly is, is that I have the freedom and luxury of being able to, 
to be flirtatious with whoever I want whenever I want because I'm I'm a very sex positive slut bag and I like I like always being I like always having that option even if I'm not feeling super sexy at any given point I like the option of being able to hey and like wiggle my eyebrows at somebody without anyone getting butt hurt over it like that's that's I gotta such tell a- you Johnny your <laughs> eyebrow wiggle though like <laughs> I mean your eyebrow game is on point like the way it's that legendary you wiggle. Now. It's my signature move. I don't, I, you know, it makes up for my total lack of personality. Um, so that's good. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, say, I'm hey, say two, say two nice things about yourself right now. <laughs> two nice, two nice things. Um, I mean, like you say, my eyebrows, my eyebrows are, are on point. Uh, I, okay. you stole it, but I'll take it. I have, I have many leather bound books and my apartment smells of rich <laughs> mahogany. Um, <laughs> that does that satisfy you I'd, that's fine i wish my apartment smelled like mahogany we are getting so off track here i'm sorry um what this is so here's the deal we're kind of flirting right now we haven't <laughs> spoken in months i know oh lord <laughs> okay you, you guys are witnessing a little behind the scenes action we probably should have had a call before we, we sh- recorded no, we so we could just like get this out of our system <laughs> i know we're so bad um <laughs> how funny um but the reason I actually wanted to do a polysaturation episode is someone emailed me asking me if we could do one. And I thought it was a great idea because I think that people go into polyamory sometimes thinking like, okay, everything's free game. And they may not check in with themselves to see when things are getting too much. So like acknowledging the fact that polysaturation exists and knowing what it is and being able to define it for yourself can help prevent like falling off the edge of the cliff, you know, like managing it before it gets to that point. Sure. Not that that, not that, I mean, there's plenty of vocabulary that you can learn that you can ignore, but. <laughs> right. I mean, the, the, whenever, whenever I hear people talking about polysaturation, the thing that always comes into my mind is, um, and I'm sure I've used this, this, uh, I've made reference to this before on the podcast, but you know, when you're, when you're on a plane and they're doing the, the safety drills, they always tell you to put your oxygen mask on first. And the big reason for that is because if you are incapacitated, if you run out of air, not only are you not going to be able to help anybody else, but somebody else is going to have to help you. So for me, the big thing with polysaturation is, and and this is, again, because I identify as solo poly, um, my needs come first, always, first and foremost. So the first thing I always look for if I suspect that I'm polysaturated is, what's my self-care like? You know, am I, do I have enough time for myself? Do I have enough time, you know, carved out in my week to do the things that I want to do by myself? Um, Mm. and if, if the answer to that is no, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take a step back. I gotta figure out, you know, uh, where, where I can, where I can make up that time and, and who I can talk to about that. Yeah. That's a really great analogy is the oxygen mask thing and something that, got like like was glowing out of that sentence was that someone else has to help you you know what I mean um and I think that that really highlights in this metaphor specifically the fact that if you are not taking care of yourself you are kind of not inherently but your partners may feel obligated or accidentally fall into the role of now managing your self-care for you or being left with the you know like bitterness or reactivity that results from not having good self-care and good boundaries, you know, which you kind of lose when you become too saturated. Certainly. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so that's that's always step one for me. Um, now what what gets tricky is when maybe maybe you feel like you're doing okay, but one of your partners comes up to you and says, "Hey, you're not you're not giving me enough of your time. You're not mm. you know I'm my my needs aren't being met." And then you know that that's that's a different situation. What would what would you do in that circumstance? Ugh, well, I'm very sassy and defensive, so I may not be the one to ask. But I mean, in a situation where I do, I'm, I've already been emotionally intimate enough with someone that um, I feel they have like the right to request more time of me, then I think I would be really receptive to that. Um, if they said I wasn't giving them enough time, I would kind of check what I'm doing elsewhere and not even in my other partnerships, because I think I find myself sometimes overworking more than I find myself, um, having an uneven distribution with partners. Mm. Cause I, I'm not an anarchist. A polyanarchist is someone who just like gives attention where they have it. I do really like have a hierarchy. So I do like having a primary, a secondary or a tertiary. And I like distributing the attention and letting them know where they are in that. So like if my primary or my secondary comes over and it's like, hey, you know, this is what's going on. Chances are I probably wouldn't take any time away from my primary and I probably wouldn't even drop other people I'm dating. I'd probably just check in and say, okay, if I'm not feeling sourced and I'm not feeling like emotionally energetic or emotionally present, it's more likely in my case, probably something that I'm doing in my career or in my art or in my, you know, um, side hustles, this kind of way that I distract myself from being emotionally intimate with people. Mm. And so I would probably, you know, drop a project or, um, you know, look at the friends that I'm spending time with or look at the hobbies that I've, that I've taken on, you know? Yeah. You, you made a, you made a good point there. It's that, um, if you have your poly set up as a hierarchy, it does make it a little bit simpler to figure out, you know, where, where you need to move time around. Um, if your if your primary partner isn't getting enough of your time, likely you're going to have to have a conversation with your tertiary partner. Um, mm-hmm. In in my particular case, because I don't identify, I, I identify as solo poly, and I I guess I'm a polyanarchist because I don't apply hierarchies in my partnerships. They're pretty egalitarian. Basically, anyone has the potential to be important to me given enough time and trust development. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But in that case, it it's it's a little bit less straightforward as to how to adequately allocate time. And, and something that I realized over the years is that, you know, time spent does not equal needs met. Um, Ooh, new, new, new relationships, r- relationships that you've just started, they need a lot more attention and fostering because what you're doing is you're developing trust. You're exploring new areas with somebody. Uh, there's a lot of novelty. And of course there's the the uh, the the chemicals in your in your brain that are convincing you you have to spend more time with that person a more established relationship you might not need to spend as much time maintaining it and and meeting that partner's needs they might not have as many needs they mm. not, may not have as many and, and at least that's been in my experience is that you know relationships should be given according to their need and according to your availability um, at, at least at least in my particular case. Yeah. Um, that's why I really try to go out of my way to not start two relationships at the same time, because dear God, that is a that is just a clusterfuck of <laughs> time spent in a lot of different directions. It's just not uh, 
uh, it's not feasible for me. Some people can do it. Awesome. More power to you. I, I can't do it. There's no way. Yeah. That is, that's an excellent thing to point out is that when you are in a new relationship, like I'm imagining a situation where like I have a primary and I'm starting a new relationship. And so right now I'm polysaturated. Mm. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? But then when, if this secondary becomes an established relationship, then things might open up for me because they don't require as much of my time and attention. We've built up trust. We've already had all the boundary conversations, you know, um, so that requires a little less time. And now I might be able to say like, okay, I'm open to new stuff. So it really is conditional on like where on the timeline you are, even if you're not on an escalator, you know? Yep. Yeah. Any, any time a partner has ever come to me and said, I need, I need more of your time or, okay, I don't want to say that since, since I, since I figured out this, this truth about myself, um, anytime a partner comes to me and says, I'm not getting enough of your time, I'll, I'll. <laughs> good discernment what now yeah i mean it's not yeah it's not it's not about it's not a universal truth but when when people say i need more of your time i i ask them i'm like what do you actually need like do we need Mm -hmm. more like sexual contact do we need more time spent on the couch in pajamas playing video games do we need more like fancy dates like what what is it about a relationship that you feel like you're not getting from me and be specific because then, then we can figure out, cause it's not about, you know, hours spent. Mm-hmm. I can spend one, my, my best friend in the whole world. Uh, I call her maybe once every three to six months, but that is quality time. We spend like four or five hours on the phone. We catch up, we share our entire lives with each other. And we say, all right, well, we'll talk to you soon. Um, so it's not about the amount of time. It's about what we give to each other. Um, and I think it's important to be really specific with people. Wow. Yeah. That's an excellent point. That's so good. Johnny, you're so smart. No, no. But I do. I also think that, so from the inverse of that, like on the other side of the looking glass, there's kind of this way that you can determine, like, I have time to give this right now. Mm or I don't have time to give this right oh, yeah. now. And so you get to make that choice when you're entering a relationship. Like I'm polysaturated sexually, but like if you want to like, you know, have some emotional nourishment or some romantic attention, I have some of that left over, you know, or I have a lot of emotional attention on my primary right now, but if you just want a bone, like I got that for you, you know, so like places where you're saturated and places where you're not. Oh yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't even consider that, but yeah, absolutely. You have to factor in, the needs that you have that aren't being met. Yeah, if even even though you don't need to add any more sexual partners, maybe you need a partner to go watch scary movies with or something like that. I think I keep making reference to that. I really want somebody to watch scary movies with. That's 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 the whole reason I'm doing this <laughs> podcast. This is a cry for help. Well, it could be me, but you I know, moved. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been saying that I want like a like a Skype partner kind of like someone that I can just check in with every now and then. And I can close like twice, but I think what I've realized is that I'm just like so busy mm. that like wanting that doesn't mean that I get it. You know what I mean? Even though like there have been opportunities, it's just a desire that I have. that's just sitting in my heart that may never come to fruition, not because of their lack of ability, but my lack of like, you know, discipline, I guess. Oh yeah. Yeah. It just happens that sometimes all of your needs don't get met. Yeah, it's true. But this is life. So, mm-hmm. so what would you, what advice would you give to somebody who said that they were polysaturated? 
Well, if they were polysaturated in the sense that they were content, I would tell them to just like not lead people on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if someone seems to be interested in you to just say like, hey, I have enough right now, you know, like and let them know what you're capable of and what you're Mm -hmm. not. Because I think that's a lot of where it kind of comes from is that like if something comes at you and you you kind of have like the want to maybe take it on, but you don't have the time or the energy um, to really be honest with yourself and with people that are interested in you about mm-hmm. that. But if it's someone who's has too many partners, I would say like get a Gmail account, <laughs> go on that calendar and like figure it out and like put yourself as an identity on that calendar. Because really like your ability to take care of yourself also expands your ability to take on new partners. Yep. So even if you're, if you have like more, just like kind of like how like working out gives you more energy. So it's like, you have to take more time. Like you probably have to wake up early and go running, but then you like feel great all day. So you do more and you're more productive, even though you woke up early. So you, you know, took up your time doing something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things where if you're working out your heart muscles and you're working out yourself, um, and you're taking time for self-care and self-exploration, then the ability to take on more partners will either come or it will show you where like your partners aren't giving you enough and you could probably drop them. Or like maybe you're just with something for one thing that is more of a want than a need, you know, like that dick. If you're like just with this guy because he has a super huge dick and, you know, your primary partner feels like they're not being sourced, then you can probably spend less time with someone that you're only in it for one thing with, you know? Yeah. Or you could just be like, have I described to you this dick yet? Because I don't think you fully understand, <laughs> like, what you don't, you don't. <laughs> Sorry. I can't. No, no, that's good. That's a really great one. Maybe no, just but, like um, negotiate and be like. What you're describing takes an incredible amount of self-awareness. Like what you're describing takes, I, I mean, at least I think so. Like, no, well, like so does polyamory well, sure. though. No, no, no. Like, I'm not, right. I'm not, I'm not saying that there's an excuse. I'm not, I'm not excusing. Oh, it's okay. Like don't recognize your limits. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Recognize your limits. Know how many parts. And, and. You may not know this when you're first getting into poly, but eventually, like, I remember my first six to eight months of being poly, I went, I went nuts, dude. I was, I was a fucking unicorn and I, I slept with all, all of the things and I, (laughs) and I went too far and I was like, okay, so I've hit a limit here. And then I started scaling it back down and fostering more serious relationships that were actually built on like ERE instead of NRE. Mm-hmm. And I come to find out two partners is my sweet spot. Mm-hmm. If I have one partner, then, you know, I I tend to start looking elsewhere because likely they have other partners and they can't give me all the attention that I need. Yeah. But if I have three, I find that I really struggle to give everybody, you know, like one or two. I, I like to spend at least two nights a week with my partners, if possible. So if with three partners, I, I barely have enough time to scratch my butt. Like I don't, there's, there's uh it's too much. So I find that two is, is my limit, but find that for you would be, would be my advice. Yeah. So to really check in and see, I mean, if you feel good where you are and you feel like you need more, like it's kind of like when you're adding sugar to your coffee, like if, if you have two partners and you're like, oh, this is nice, but I feel like I give more. And then you like find someone that like needs all of your emotional labor and like wants to spend every night with you and like, you know, is wants to take over your calendar for NRE, you know, like mm-hmm. really just say to yourself like, oh, that's not what I have time for. Like <laughs> I have time for like a Skype partner, you know? 
or like someone that I only see every three months or, you know, someone that I talk to on the phone about this thing that we share. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm anticipating that the people that are listening to this and that are looking for advice are going to be people on the newer end of the spectrum. You know, people mm. that are just getting into it and and maybe they don't they don't know where their limit is. And in that case, just just be really careful with that NRE, man. That NRE is a time sucker like that will mm. kill any any amount of time that you have with with other partners or with yourself. And that's a huge source, like in new monogamous relationships that are opening up, NRE can like destroy it. It really can. If there's too much jealousy and insecurity going into like opening up the relationship and then like one of the partners is experiencing a lot of NRE and the other one is experiencing a lot of jealousy, like it can, it can destroy people, you know? And that's almost inevitable because the odds of so if you're in a mono relationship and you open it up, the odds of both of you finding partners simultaneously and experiencing like the the exact amount of NRE for each of them is it it, it almost <laughs> never happens that way. That is the exception to the rule. Yeah. So inevitably you're going to have one partner that is like oversaturated and spending all of this time and and maybe not taking care of themselves and maybe not taking care of their other obligations and you have one partner sitting at home. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I don't know that that is necessarily what I would consider poly, uh, uh, polysaturated, but definitely something else to look out for as far as NRE is concerned is is that time being sucked away from your other partners. Well, I think it's a good, I mean, it's a good discernment to make that 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 effect, the NRE effect that that happens with monogamous couples just opening up is not polysaturation. You know, like don't confuse the two or like use that word like, oh, you know, like you're polysaturated. You need to stay home more and you need to take better care of yourselves. Like this isn't a place where you get to like put judgment on your partner. You know, polysaturation occurs more when the, an individual decides for themselves what limit they have hit, you know. Right. I I think I think the most important thing about polysaturation is to recognize that when you have it, you probably should not be adding more partners to the mix. Like if you know that you already are are already satisfied in in all of the most important ways, which which I I feel like is what we're we're using to define, you know, polysaturation is like you you're good. You're saturated. You have you have all of your needs met. You have your calendar full. Like you're you're good to go. Don't go hunting for new partners, um, or at least like be be really aware. You know when you do, and and that's and that comes back to what I was saying earlier. Is like I've always got time to flirt. I've always mm-hmm. got time to go to the bar and wiggle my eyebrows at somebody. But <laughs> I recognize when I do not have time for a new partner and all of the NRE and the time suck that that involves. And so I I. Like you said earlier, you make it really clear. You you say, "Hey, you're really cute, but just so you know, like I'm not looking for anything, anything serious right now. Any any time commitments or any commitments of any kind at all. And just learn to be really upfront with that when you recognize it to be the case." Oh, but that requires discipline. I know. I don't wanna. I didn't say you couldn't have sex with them. You know, like you could. <laughs> You can probably do that. You can, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's always wiggle room here. Like, I, I, I would, I would probably have a one night stand. Please call, <laughs> please call sex wiggling forever. <laughs> I have room to wiggle. That's right. I got room to wiggle, baby. <laughs> Just. <laughs> <laughs> 
I got all kinds of wiggle room back at my place. Um, anyway. Oh God. Anyway. Um, but yeah, just, you know, keep it in your pants or don't. That's, that's my advice. (laughs) Yeah. That's been my problem with trying. I mean, I am not in a sexual place right now and trying to find partners that just like literally want to do romantic, emotional nourishment. Like it's, I mean, it's, it's nearly impossible. Mm. It's so hard. Mm -hmm. But that's just, you know, you know how it feels to be hot, Johnny. You know how that goes when you got a good eyebrow wiggle. It's such a burden. Everybody wants a taste. You like you, you don't understand. You don't. You don't. I mean, you you understand. <laughs> you understand, Britt. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> that was rude. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's cool. So that's. Uh, I mean, we flew right through that. Yeah, we did. So, guys, be careful. Check in with yourself. I mean, all of the polyamorous advice is pretty much the same. It's like you finally have to tune in on what it feels like to be in a relationship, you know, for the first time. Yeah. Or maybe, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes established poly people still get like hypnotized by NRE or like they underestimate the, the relationships they're in and kind of like jump over the line on new partners. So it really can happen to anyone. I mean, I, everyone has blind spots and you know, every, you know, there, there's always that. I, I just started dating somebody like, uh, like a month and a half ago and holy cow like the amount of chemistry is absurd mm. like the amount of physical so chemistry sweet. that we have and and it it even even with somebody like me that's been doing this for as long as I've been doing it and I know my limits I know you know what uh, if if I had met this person when I was polysaturated I probably would have would have fucked this up like real bad um cuz cuz it's it was just that powerful it was that powerful of a connection you can never tell when that's going to happen and mm-hmm. it'll almost certainly catch you by surprise so yeah i mean just just more than anything be kind to yourself and forgive yourself when when you when you cross that threshold know that all of us have been saturated at one point and we had to learn where that line was and and how to reel back in without hurting anybody. Um, so you're not alone there. Just just be be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself and those around you and and forgive yourself when you do inevitably fuck up, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's inevitable. You're all gonna fuck up, every single one of you. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for being with me, Johnny. I missed you so much. Miss you too, love. I'm so excited um, that, you know, we get to continue doing this podcast and continue like having a relationship, even though you moved away. And I look forward to having other episodes where we talk about the move and the stuff going on. Um, Thank you guys for listening. I encourage you to come to the live shows. Um, They're at Rec Room. You can find Polywana Podcast on Facebook. It's spelled like I want to go to the movies. So like W-A-N-N-A. It's not really a word, but it is for this podcast. And we're on Twitter and stuff. You can hit us up, follow us. Um, thank you to the Houston Polyamorous Organization for sponsoring us, to the Mockingbird Network for hosting us, and to Jay Walker Coaching for providing us services. By the way, um, I'm doing poly coaching again. That's not something I told you before the show. But um, if anyone needs a if anyone needs a poly relationship coach or mentor or just somebody to talk to, look me up. I'd love to love to give you a free 30-minute call and see what we can't do for you. What's your website? jwalkercoaching.com. J, just oh. the letter. Well, that's easy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely hit Jay Walker up because, like, that shit's real. <laughs> 
Sometimes you need a little support. Okay, guys, I'm going to sign off. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. Bye. Mockingbird Network.